the blast from our past network. Conrad! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single, and I mean every single, episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love Seinfeld. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And I was alluding to every episode of Seinfeld because episode 100 uh, is a highlights episode. It's called The Highlights of 100, and that's what we are talking about today. It first aired February 2nd, 1995. Corey, my man, give us a synopsis. Of course. (laughs) The Highlights of 100, parts 1 and 2, technically episodes 14 and 15 for the shooting order. Um, An hour-long look back at highlights from the first 100 episodes. Woo! That's it. That's it. All right. That's the end of our episode, guys. Those highlights. Uh, now, so this is going to be a much more open-ended discussion um, because there's no real story that you're going through. Now, they did kind of organize some stuff, which I thought was kind of interesting um, in this uh, in these highlights. Uh, I find it kind of funny. Oh, uh, well, before we go into that, I wanted to go ahead and mention I didn't put a rating on this episode. It's not a real episode. Yes, we are, you know... Can't, we're kind of, you know, we're reviewing it, but it's not a real a real episode. So I'm not giving it a out of five um, rating because I don't want that to skew the actual rating for season six. I feel like that would kind of, uh, this, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, and as you guys know, we've actually been debating this uh, almost the entire season of how we're going to handle this clip show. And it's almost down to the wire. We kind of called an audible on uh, on not doing the the review of it. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's interesting. It's interesting tackling this as a as an after show because it's almost like the clip show is an after show of the mm-hmm. show. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so it starts off actually kind of funny. Jerry walks in the door. Very it looked like very um, Mr. Rogers to me because he comes in kind of does <laughs> yeah. his jacket on, on like a you know on a hook and whatnot, and he's just kind of talking to the audience. Um, he's, he's almost like surprised by the camera at first, you yeah. know, and, and he's he's Jerry Seinfeld, the character, but as if he were aware that he was a show. Yep, exactly. Uh, and then so they kind of go in. He kind of leads into some of the clips a little bit. Well, not like, you know, he's not prefacing the clips, but he's just kind of like talking about it's been a wild ride and we talk about whatever. Uh, so they go into it. And then actually during the clip show, they edit it kind of interestingly to me where they're talk they use actually kind of um the discussion that George and Jerry had at Monks about uh the 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 Jerry series and you know what it would be about and think oh it's about this whatever you did today that kind of stuff um and it, you know oh it'd be about me it'd be about Kramer oh Kramer now you know and they're just they're using that to kind of you know lead into certain different stuff um and then after they kind of finish with that then they go into using these black and white title cards uh, with different words, the words being relationships, ambition, off the subject, self-images, catchphrases, and sensitivity uh, to kind of emphasize different clips that kind of fit with that mod- those different themes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm with you, dude. I was actually a little bit more impressed with how well this episode was put together uh, than I thought I was going to be. I liked the conversation that they have about the TV show, um, mm-hmm. like what was that episode, season four or something like yeah. that. I liked how they used that conversation that they had at Monk's Diner to basically bookend the entire uh, episode here, the entire clip show, almost to the point where, you know, I mean, I don't even know if they needed the Jerry thing at the beginning, but I also didn't hate that either. So, mm-hmm. you know... I actually thought overall, uh, you know, that the show was handled well, and I liked. And I know we're going to get into some some finer details and all that kind of stuff. But I thought the editing was well. I thought the pacing was pretty fun for each segment, and I thought they did a good job of keeping it like cohesive and feeling like it was had a point to it, and not just 
throwing a bunch of clips at the wall and just hoping and just putting them together. It seems like it was very well edited. And as an editor, I assume, you know, you, you, you probably noticed that. You even said so yourself that it was edited well. So, yeah. you know, it, as, as clip shows go, I thought this was one of the better ones. And I honestly don't really care for clip shows usually. Yeah, it's, it's not typically my thing either. Um, now, some uh, some shows do it really well. I think Scrubs has done it really well because they did a kind of clip show. And they actually kind of had a little bit of a, an episode in there, um, you know, small one where they kind of then were kind of reminiscing about stuff. And they went back to some different things. So, um, yeah, this one was fine. I, I thought it was enjoyable. And it's very enjoyable because it's Seinfeld, baby. <laughs> There's, yeah, it's, it's the best of Seinfeld. Yeah. So, like, how can there not be uh, enjoyment? And, you know, I, I'm with you. I don't know if I would want to rate it because also, too, I might have given it like a five or something. Mm -hmm. And is that really justified either? You no. know, because at the end of the the whole thing, I had a blast with it, but I don't know if it would like deserve a five a as a show. You know what I mean? Because it needed, like you said, there's just, there's no writing to it. It's all editing. So if anything, we should just sing the praises of the editor uh, who, who put this, who put this episode together, essentially, you know, but, but I'm, I think it, it doesn't work either way, either if you hate it and give it a one or love it and give it a five. Yeah, it just it's it's weird. I think it like you said, I think it knocks the whole season's ratings out of yeah. out of play, you know? Because you could either look at it if it's a 5, you could be like, "Well, that was an easy 5." And then if you look like, "Well, you gave it a 1," you're like, "Well, then does it really deserve to bring down the whole season?" Exactly. Mm -hmm. And also, too, bro, I don't know about you, man, but I I've only ever seen this thing like once. It does not get replayed on on syndication mm -hmm. so it's almost like it's not even a part of this season even though it technically is it's particularly strange i mean i know they obviously drop it in because it's at the 100 but i feel like the last episode and this episode or the, sorry the next episode transitions so well into each other because the last episode ends with george being very confident with his new toupee and then the next episode being about his toupee and all that kind of stuff it feels just kind of like, well, you know, it's it's a weird placement in here because you're like cutting off a you know a story point that a story point that's kind of fluid inside film, which doesn't happen too often. Now, granted, yeah. it actually has happened a good little bit this season, and, and, and it's happened other times too, but still, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's like is weirdly it sort of like makes the the toupee it draws out the toupee thing with george but then at the same time i, I wanted more toupee with george but we'll get into that you know next episode it it's it's interesting and also too i almost want this clip show to be at the end of the entire series because mm. there's so many clips that could have gone in here yeah. that you know even just literally in the next episode elaine ripping george's oh, toupee off and yelling you know this is what i think of it and here's what i'm going to do about it like that is that is a clip show moment yep. right there, and they literally miss it by one episode. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, there's just there's. I know there's tons of good stuff to come. We're gonna get yada 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 to come. We're gonna get a whole bunch of good stuff. We're gonna get a whole bunch of some less good stuff too. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's a you know the hundred episode. That's a huge milestone. Now, why is. why is that a huge milestone? This might be something that people don't know out there. So in traditional television. The 100th episode kind of is an earmark for this show is now ready for syndication. This right. show can be sold out to other networks, uh, typically like Superstations, um, think TBS, WGN, stuff like that, that will play syndicated shows. Um, and then they can just make extra money from this show. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a huge thing. I mean, we've all seen syndicated stuff. Syndication is a huge part of our nostalgia in general. If shows weren't syndicated, I'd never fucking see... Um, you know, anything. You, you, if you didn't have it that one time, then it's gone. Exactly. So. Exactly. Especially back then. Mm -hmm. um, it was a big deal. I remember... Uh, I remember being upset that I missed the Hush episode of Buffy, um, mm -hmm. and I just basically prayed to God that I was going to see it on syndication that summer, because I think I was in college when, when that season of Buffy aired. Um, I have a bit of a gap in my Buffy viewing because I went to college. Uh, it's another show I'd like to revisit one of these days. And yeah, I remember hearing about how awesome that episode was, just word of mouth, because you know there was no internet or anything back then, or I wasn't on it. Mm -hmm. um, and basically... Like I said, I had to hope and pray, and I caught it on syndication. I was freaking lucky. But, man, it's such a different world now when you can just log into Hulu or Netflix and watch any show you want, cherry-pick any episode you want. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because 
whole new set of problems or, or things have come up now where I'm like, man, like, why don't they give us a, a, a shuffle uh, feature on, on Netflix or something where we can take a show and actually shuffle it. So like we've gone now so far past like syndication where we're actually, I want the ability to make my own syndicated mm. viewing experience with these shows. You know, it's, it's interesting how it's kind of come full circle, but yeah, dude, syndication is a big deal in TV and, uh, a lot of the you know listeners our age understand it, but if you're a younger listener and you don't, it's syndication is still a big deal now, but it's not as much of a big deal as it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I want to chat about, and, and this just came to me. I didn't really write any of these down. I'm just starting to think about them. Uh, or we can, I guess, we can wait until after we do our top five. But I also wanted to talk about some of the clips that they didn't add that mm. I wanted, like that really sure. bothered me. Um, yeah, maybe let's talk about that. Is that cool to talk about it now? Yeah, any yeah, I, I might you might have to jog my memory, so you're gonna yeah. have to lead that one. But I, I don't have any offhand. But I'm I'm with you How for the, the journey. You, I'm, okay, I'm with you for the journey for sure. And right. and really quick, I just wanted to point one thing out about this overall uh, uh, clip show before we dive into in, you know the nitty gritty. I did love quickly seeing Jerry's apartment change during oh, the yeah. course of the clip shows. And you can really like the see how things changed. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very apparent. Okay. So a couple clips that actually thinking about it really bothered me that weren't in here. Um, so they had shrinkage, but they didn't have like I thought the topless girlfriend. Um, where doesn't Kramer go yo yo ma? Uh, when he <laughs> looks at her like that is a great spot. They don't do the black and white cookie. I feel look to the cookie. Is a great moment. They should have done either. I don't. They didn't do very much from that episode. Um, another no. Bobka, like all that kind of stuff from that same. They, episode. they did mention the Bobka, and, uh, and when they did quick catchphrases. Qu- yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, quick catchphrases. But that was it. That was the only yep. thing we got from that. We got the tiniest hint of Bookman. We needed the entire Bookman fucking scene. Why wasn't that in there? That his rant is one of the greatest in all of Seinfeld. I would only say the decision probably to drop that one is it's because it wasn't made by one of our four main cast members. Doesn't matter. But I completely Doesn't matter. agree with you. I completely agree with you. That was, should have been in there. Um, I will say this. There was only one Frank Costanza scene in it, yeah. and there were no Estelle scenes or well, – uh, They had like a very no, quick one. But, I mean, it, yeah. just like and they, sh- they kind of just set her up, but they didn't give her her own one. You're right, right, down the line, like a full one. You could have you could have given her the one when she's in the hospital. Obviously, we got George talking about yeah. you know how she got into the hospital. No, but, but we yes. didn't get that with with like and, with the um I think with the with the the nurses behind her that kind yeah. of thing. Yes, with we her sh- like that would have been great. Yeah, because that would have been a good George Costanza scene and yes. an Estelle Costanza scene. Yep. Um. Yeah, and and the one. I actually put it as one of my favorite top five favorite moments because it's the only uh, Frank Costanza scene that we got in the whole clip show. But mm. it's I don't think it's the strongest Frank Costanza no. scene that we have have had thus far. I would have rather seen him slap George in the forehead. Yes. Like they should have done a, just a, yeah, a bunch a of clips of him slapping George in the yeah, <laughs> super cut of him slapping George in the forehead. Yep. Um, and I don't remember now. Maybe I was taking a note, but I don't remember seeing the scene wherein Kramer goes and confronts Ray about the statue. That is a phenomenal scene, and that should have been in there. Right, and yet they chose to include Kramer's, um, look at you, you you know, you do nothing, you contribute nothing to society, and then cuts back, I love you, I want to be you. We we laughed at that, we enjoyed it at the time, but when you watch it now Mm -hmm. in the clip show, it... You also have to realize some of these work better when they're by themselves or yeah. don't work better when they're by themselves because you need sort of what leads up into that. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to point out the two monologues that they do. The, um, the I, I uh, That's another thing I have in my top five, yeah, but I, I want to talk about it now. You can tell that the, even though I love them both, you can tell that the bus one for Kramer works better as a standalone because the mm. the marine biologist one, I think you need the buildup of Kramer hitting the balls and everything. I disagree. I mean, you see Kramer okay. hitting a ball. They actually put, they show they, Kramer hitting they it up so you get that. Um, yeah, I mean, when we do our top five, mm-hmm. you'll see. So, so yeah, no, I, I agree with you, dude. They, I think they, I do think that they missed some. Um, I did enjoy most of the ones that they put, but I, again, I was like, you have so many better Kramer ones. Why put that one in there? One, a scene that we talked about, it was very early on that we absolutely loved was, it was like either season one or two, um, Kramer putting the cement 
into yeah. the yeah. water. Like his physical comedy is phenomenal. Now, granted, maybe it needed something to like know that it was cement in there, and so it was it wouldn't have been as funny in a clip show. Uh, but that was one moment that I thought like, oh man, I I would have liked to see that again. Just it how good he performed right there. Um, I kind of wish I wish it was in there. And, and they didn't seem very shy about holding back clips from season one. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know what goes into the oh. decision-making process of it. I remember seeing one of them. I mean, they're having a discussion, and they're in a complete, like, wrong booth. And I was just like, ugh, the wrong booth. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that was when they were talking about Superman. Yeah, yeah, the um, Superman, yep. Yeah, exactly. I, now, we did get uh, we get James Hong, so we got yeah. that. Yeah, that but was it, great. It was great, but I feel like they... You barely got the. You missed a lot of the good stuff. He didn't say Cartwright. Yeah, you got no Cartwright. You got. Yeah, ex- you got. You're right, and then they they ended it with the tag of him, you know, doing the hey Seinfeld four, but you missed some of the funniest parts. Like, they, but I think you needed that entire buildup for that episode. I don't think that is a great clip show episode to pull from, and but they had to because it's the fucking Chinese episode. That's one of the the biggest you know known ones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you log into IMDb and go to Seinfeld, the cover, the top image, the, you know what I mean? It's from that. It's from Mm. that episode. So, yeah, dude, um, I, they did miss some, man. I do think that they really did miss some. And to be truthful with you, as much as I love the whole Kramer, Newman, JFK thing, it uses up a lot of time on the episode, and it is okay. classic, but I almost feel like you could have inserted two shorter, mm. more classic, like, you know what I mean? Like, you could have also filled it with two other clips instead. I don't know. I'm not against that clip. Yeah. It just, it did, but it eats up a lot of time. It does. I would have liked to maybe see a clip of the race. I don't think they had that one in there. Like, Jerry's actual race. Like, I love it when they use, maybe, well, that one they probably couldn't do because they used the Superman music, and... Who knows if they would want to pay the rights to use it again? <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it, if they put it in the clip show, that would have doubled. And yep, exactly. Although you yeah. could have had the whole thing of Jerry looking at the camera saying, maybe I do, Lois. Like, that mm. would have been a good way to sort of end it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was definitely some missed opportunity. But um, overall, you're right. This was an enjoyable highlights episode. I, I wasn't having any issues. It, it paced well. Uh, they kind of shifted back and forth between here's some quick clips and then here's a long one. Then here's some quick yeah. clips. Then here's yeah. a long one. Which, which I really think the pacing was very done. It was done very well in this episode. Like you just said, the quick, quick short clips or long clips, you know, back and forth. It really keeps you going and interested. I honestly, it did not feel like 44 minutes to me when I was watching it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it felt more like a regular episode. And I, honestly, I love the catchphrase part when they just start oh, yeah. banging. I, I tried to keep up and, and like, you know, writing everything down. And after a while, you just can't. But at least we did get like three Newmans like in a row. It yes. Was, it was pretty solid. Good use of Newman. Uh, that was definitely, definitely nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't have much else to talk about on the episode other than my top five. And then I've got a little game to play with you. Um, but what else? Because like, I know you, you took some notes. So tell me, tell me, what else do we want to discuss about the highlights of 100? <laughs> yeah, so the main thing, first off, it was nice seeing the first time Kramer pitches the pizza-making uh, uh, restaurant. Yeah. So they actually had that, and then they had a callback to Poppy saying it's a pizza when anyone pushed Like They didn't give yeah. you the whole other time to it, but the, I, I enjoyed yeah. that connectivity. Um, but really, honestly, my, my main notes were it was really cool to see the the apartment change and and because a lot of times the clips would be back-to-back apartments from different times so you can really see how much the apartment it's it looks by season six dude it looks so much more like a real apartment Mm -hmm. like you it's it's weird to think of the very first couple of seasons like there was nothing on his refrigerator and everything like he didn't have all like the superman stickers and stuff and i was like man it was just so plain Um, we didn't have um George Elaine shoving George's head into her chest, did we? That's a no, damn that, no, that should have been there. That's a good one. That's a very good one. But I will say, I caught one new thing that I never I noticed before. Okay. So my new thing that I caught was during the astronaut pin clip with Jack Compass, there was a drawing of Jerry Seinfeld, like a, a giant size, like not like a you know, like like a painting size, but it's like it looked like a charcoal or a black and white ink, ink drawing of Jerry Seinfeld, like on his parents' wall. But it was huh. very stylized. He's like standing there doing stand up, 
And I'm like in the camera, oh. just you know, and I'm just like I'm looking at it. I'm like, is that Jerry? And then like it's above a mantle with uh, a picture of Jerry. So I was like, it's really interesting that they had this like artistic piece that his parents would have, like a post. It's almost like a poster, but it's black and white. So cool. uh, yeah, and I never ever noticed it before. Okay, um, so one of the things that I never noticed before, and actually, uh, it, it played a, a role in my clips my ranking of the clips so in the um the zabruder film parody yeah and i don't remember we i don't think we called this out because i don't remember calling it out you're seeing the the the, that you know that flashback zabruder style footage you clearly see a second spitter in this one I I literally noticed that for the first time here as well. Yeah, yep, second you see him. and it's like easily seen. It's just like wait a minute. I remember I see somebody in the bushes, and then they cut back to it later. It's like he's spitting. He and is he's spitting. spitting. When you like you see the whole fucking thing, and I'm just like, holy shit, was that in the first one? I don't remember, I, or was it cut kind of cut around? I I think it is there, but I think we're paying attention to different things because. We don't have to pay attention to where this fits in the whole episode. Mm-hmm. We can just look at it, but we also we know where it's going, so you can kind of let your eyes dart around because it's all familiar to us. So yeah, dude, I noticed that as well. I never noticed it before, but you can clearly see him spitting at Newman, and yes. when the shot when Newman clear is bending for day, yeah, clear as day, clear as day. <laughs> So. so hey, if anything, we we got two new pieces of information yeah. out of this uh, clip show. That yes. right there is worth the price of admission alone, dude. That's pretty cool. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host Tim. And with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right. Well, let's go ahead. I'd like us to rank our top five clips. Um, and let's just do, do we want a countdown and do our kind of like how classic, how watch list does it and how. Yeah, five, yeah. yeah sure. All right. This yeah. is a quick. The, nor- the normal way. I mean, we'll go yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I got a game to play with you. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, my number five is the pony remark. Ah, it's not on my list. Okay. I mean, I think this is just funny shit. Specifically, they kind of do the pony remark twice, but I'm specifically talking about the clip where he gets to the whole rant where, you know, who leaves a po- uh, who leaves a country with filled with ponies to go to a non-pony country? <laughs> that entire time. It's just, I think it actually works really well because it's perfectly awkward where we're, re- we're isolating the section where he is going off, just constantly talking. You know, his poor Manya um, has already left and is upset. The entire rest of the table is just fucking silent. Listening to him, just he can't shut up. He can't, he can't stop himself from trying to defend his actions. And I think it worked really well, like, on its own. Yeah, it did. It really did. And I, I laughed at that when I watched it. I, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I laughed more than I thought I was going to laugh here, uh, you know, in this whole clip show. But I, I think, you know, the clips that they pick, it's just... It's funny, and it's just, it just comes at you fast, and you're like, ha-ha, it's great, and you move yep. on. But I loved it, dude, and actually Myra sat down and watched a lot of this with me, too, and uh, that was one of the the things that she saw. I heard Whoa. a chuckle. I heard, all I right, heard a, chuckle a Myra chuckle. <laughs> uh, all right, I mentioned mine earlier, and I'm going to have to go with Frank Costanza talking about bra cup sizes. Yeah, not on my list. 
Yeah, and honestly, uh, you know, there's a lot of clips on this thing I like. I picked that one because it's the only freaking Frank Costanza clip that they showed. And I love Frank Costanza. You got the A, the B, <laughs> the C, the so D. Good. That's the biggest. It's actually not the biggest anymore, like, at all. They've, they've gotten yeah. much, much bigger. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, that's a good one. All right, my number four. I really like this one. I think it fit really well, also isolated in its own. I went with fake orgasms. Oh, that almost made my list. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Particularly, it's obviously, or the best part, which we all know, is when she turns to Jerry, you didn't notice, and then it's all just like a woo moment. <laughs> and I think it just, it's, it, it just puts him in his place, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And we've talked about it before, you know, we don't see Jerry lose too often, and boy, oh boy, was that just a, a blow to his ego. Yep, yes it was. All right, you're number four. <laughs> Good one, buddy. Good one. Uh, my number four is, Jer- uh, yeah, I don't know how to say these, but okay, Jerry telling the car rental services about reservations. Mm. Uh, how you that, one, how that t- one was like literally like just off my list. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Too. It's so yeah. So it's when he's talking about you know how to take the reservation, but you gotta hold the reservation, and that's the key. The reason, obviously, it's a funny scene. We like it, but the reason I wanted to put it on the list is. I think it's the best, at least in this clip show, it's the best representation of Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up yeah. comedy in, but 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 like not stand-up, but put into the show. I thought it was a great representation about what Jerry's comedy is all about, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's fantastic. So, all right, uh, number three, we kind of talked, discussed about it a little bit earlier. Um, Kramer's bus story. Just great. <laughs> you know what? It's my number three as well, dude. But I grouped it and the marine biologist together, just That's so weird. you know. How know. the fuck could you do that? Why because would you do that? Too, I, I did it because they're two monologues, and I didn't want to have two separate spots filled up, essentially. But <laughs> the first note that I took down was the Kramer. Like, I would rather go with the Kramer bus okay. one. Did, right, did yeah, you yeah. break the... Did you, do you oh, have they're the separated. Marine yeah, they're separated. They're separate. Okay. Then talk about the bus thing. Sure. I mean, the bus one's great. We, we discussed this when the episode was on. Um, Kramer, he's just, I mean, he does a really good job of leading this discussion, or not this discussion, but just, you know, fueling it with, along with his motions when he's like, now I'm driving the bus. It's just, it's funny. Their surprise as to, as to why did you keep making all of the uh, stops? Cause they kept <laughs> ringing the bell. Like it's, it's funny shit. Um, I did think that I kind of needed more of the rest of the scene to fill it out, but, uh, I still, obviously I still liked it. And I, <laughs> And to this day, I still love how Michael Richards, you can tell he throws in those you knows like twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell he's doing it to kind of keep, kind of remember his line. Like, you can tell it wasn't written into the dialogue, but it works perfectly, you know? And, it, you know, <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. just like, I, yeah. I just love the energy of that one, especially, and you know what? How about this? I, I'm not even con- going to consider the marine biologist on my list, so we'll just talk about, I'll just talk about the, okay. uh, the bus one here. Um, and as much as I love the marine biologist uh, one, I'm just going to have to go with this one because I thought it worked better as a solo clip. Yeah, and that's that. all. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. You're number three. Well, no, that was my number three. Oh, yeah, the right. Bus, the same the bus was my, my number three. My number yeah. two. Uh, yeah. My number two was the Magic Loogie. Uh, it was a long clip. You're right. It was very long, but you got more of it. And particularly because I noticed the second spitter or the guy, you know, from behind the bushes. I can't remember what player it is supposed to be. Um I, that blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. It's like I'm looking at new found footage, <laughs> you know? And so mm-hmm. I, I really, really appreciated it. <laughs> it almost and, and did it had feel Newman, like for God's sake. And well, yeah, also, you do have I Newman. Mean, Jerry, Jerry pulling them aside. Indulge me, if you will, as he's kind of yes. pulling them over and kind of like, you know, doing the whole recreation just like uh, Kevin Costner did in the movie. That way Knight was in, all that kind of stuff. It, it just... It works fantastically. The parodying of the Zabruder film is great. Getting the extra person kind of blew my top. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And, dude, I mean, it's so much fun. Just because it's, honestly, it doesn't mean anything that it's not on my list. I just kind of wanted to, yeah. you know, talk about other things and whatnot. So, yeah, it's it's a, such a great scene. It's classic Seinfeld. And, yeah, dude, the way he fucking, like, points to Newman. And I love when he says, and changes direction in midair, mind you. You know, <laughs> yes. it, it's fun that, like, you know, Kramer and Newman are standing. They they let Jerry do this, mm-hmm. and that's what I find enjoyable. Yeah. Um, my number two 
was Jerry and George. It was the the scene in the monks that you didn't like. Jerry and George talking about Superman's oh, sense of humor. I, I didn't dislike the scene. I no, dislike I seeing they were at the wrong stall. They're yeah. in the wrong. <laughs> no, no, I, I, under, I understood. I understood what you meant. Um, and so, you know, Jerry thinks that that Superman should have like super sense of humor. George doesn't think that's possible. Like, why would the, the sun affect him uh, that way? And, you know, I like it because we don't see that kind of a conversation really in Seinfeld anymore because there's so much going on. And specifically, I think it was like two episodes ago when you and I were talking and reviewing it, we were talking about just how fast the episodes are going now. You don't have a lot of time to sit anymore because the the side cast of characters is growing. Mm -hmm. So much is growing. So when I saw this clip, it reminded me, like when you distill Seinfeld down, like what I loved about it at the beginning. Not to say that like, Later, Seinfeld's bad or anything. It's just, I miss these moments where they could actually talk about nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right here. Yeah. That's valid. And and the fact that it's Superman makes it even better. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, as, as farther as, as we go in the series, more wacky hijinks happens than ever before. And, like, in these earlier seasons, it is legitimately a show about nothing where it becomes a show about here's a wacky story. Exactly. So I thought it was nice to actually see that and to remember earlier Seinfeld actually had these scenes mm. to breathe with, you okay. know? That's I, I, a interesting and um, thought-provoking, poignant <laughs> uh, point that you just put. See, I, I tried, and that's why I didn't want to put the marine biologist, because I, I wanted to have like something like this here, you know what well, I mean? I'm a basic bitch, and so marine biologist, the whale story is my number one. <laughs> I loved it. I, you know, I, I, re- I liked it in the first part. And I remember us having this kind of discussion that I thought I remember liking Kramer's bus story better when we were at that episode. But listening to it here, at least in this context, you got some of the setup because you do see uh, yeah. Kramer hitting the ball. And then they had a little bit of the setup of like, you know, who here is a marine biologist? Yeah. And then they kind of show over them. And then he then they go to him doing his reenactment. And it is phenomenal. Jason Alexander kills it every fucking thing every motion he makes everything he does and every word he every pause he takes before he says the next word it just it it makes it one of the best moments in this show agreed agreed and we talked about it then um that set the standard like that set a precedent moving forward past that we got the bus one i know we're going to get more monologues because that marine biologist monologue was so good and it landed yeah. so perfectly. So yeah, dude, it's, I mean, it's a good one to have as number one. It's rightfully in a number one spot. A hundred percent. I can't disagree with it in any way, shape or form. Okay. Uh, I'm always on the edge of my seat whenever I fucking listen to it, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, All right. well, so uh, what was your top clip from the highlights of 100? Honestly, dude, this one, it sits with me. It always sits with me. And it's something that I always kind of revisit when I feel like I'm in a rut. But it's George's revelation that he's been doing the same thing his entire life and he needs to do the opposite. And, you know, the whole fact that he decides to order the chicken salad instead of the tuna salad and everything. But then just ending with him hitting on that that lady and then just, you know, the when she, you know, obviously responds positively in the slow turn that he makes, you know, to sort of look back at everybody like he in disbelief. It's it, not only is it funny, and obviously it is funny, but it's also I think it's interesting because it's a turning point for this character, uh, and it's a big turning point for him because it's how he gets the Yankees job and everything. Mm, yeah. But not just for the character, but for Corey, like his life, dude. It, like, it's something I think about. Like, I'm like, okay, like, am I, am I just doing the wrong thing here? Am I like old George, or do I need to like flip the script and like do something <laughs> different? And it's something I literally think about in my head, and I do think like. Sometimes, sometimes life changes. You, I mean, you watch this clip, and and knowing that that George's life is going to change after this, sometimes you don't know when when the life changes are going to happen for the better. And I just think it's awesome, dude, that this show can have a moment like this. That's you know, it's funny and all, but it really stuck with me personally forever, for even up till now. Okay, all right, that's solid. I, I, yeah. I, I like it. And there's a lot of things that you probably should change in your life, so I understand why <laughs> I hate you so intensely. 
<laughs> Gotta jab ya. Gotta Got jab to, ya. baby. Got to. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you want to discuss about before we go into my little game that I made for you? No, dude, that's pretty much all the notes okay. I had for this one. Cool. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. And now, back to the show. All right. All right, so we're going to play a little game here. Um, and this came to my mind, actually. I, I, I thought of this from one of our Curb episodes. Uh, so if anybody's not, I know, well, not if anybody's not, a lot of you are not listening to the Curb because we know we have to be a patron uh, to listen to our Curb episodes. I think we're having a really good time checking out these Curb stuff, uh, all of Curb. You know, I've been watching them before. Corey is walking, watching them for the first time. Uh, but we had a discussion where we were trying to – I, I, I kind of dropped on Corey. How much do you think Larry David is worth? Um, and, you know, it's like, <laughs> holy shit. How much do you think Jerry Seinfeld's worth? Holy fucking shit. Uh, do you remember those numbers by chance? Shit, 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 shit. Ah, damn it. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm just going to say no. I, I had it, literally, I had them in my head, visualized, and then they just shot out of my mouth. Yeah, the second I asked you, that, that's I when know. they go, God okay. Damn it. So Larry David is worth, and so literally, all right, here's me, this is me just Googling someone, someone's net worth. And so and then that's the, right now, right? Like 2021? Yes, from like a couple weeks ago when I did this. So it's like, you know, it's whatever I could find. So take that for a grain of salt. You know, it's, it's whatever these different sites that I could find sure. gave it to me, but- Larry David is currently worth about 400 million bucks. Okay, I knew there was a 4. I couldn't yeah. remember if it was like 40 million. I knew there was a 4 and a 400, 0. Yep. 400. Uh Jerry Seinfeld is worth 950 million, nearly a billion. He'll probably be worth a billion dollars within the next like 2-3 years. You know, the next like syndication deal that happens or whatever. I know Netflix was a big one, but um it's yeah, just imagine you pro- Does he already have his money for like did they already get the checks for that for the netflix one um i i have no idea because well, probably not because it hasn't moved through over to netflix yet though um but and still like his net worth is one thing so i mean it's probably added in there because it's like a guaranteed deal in the contract and right. net worth doesn't equal what your liquid assets are um it's right. a whole another different thing um but like you know his worth he's also you know he has a lot of old cars he's got a lot right. of everything he's fucking he's got damn jerry seinfeld <clears throat> nine almost a billion fucking dollars and we all know he does have an insane car collection. Yes. And, I mean, shit, man. Like, especially, as you know, as the American dollar is just going to become more and more worthless. Things like fucking cars and stuff, like, like especially when you keep them in, you know, in the shape yeah. that he keeps them in, are only going to gain in value. True, true. All right. So, that made me think, I want to look up some other cast members and okay. see what their net worth is. And so, I'm going to give you... Um, you know, this person or this person, and you have to tell me who is worth more. And so I'm going to keep track of your score. I want everybody at home, keep track of your score and see if you can beat Corey in the Seinfeld net worth game. (laughs) We should also, if you didn't listen to Curb, and like Adam said, we know some of you didn't. um, (laughs) We know all but like four of you. Corey was Please, Curb's a great show. And if you like us, you'll fucking like the Curb the way we do it. Yeah, you're, you're going to have a good time with Curb. Um, but Corey radically overshot uh, uh, Jerry's uh, uh, net worth. So, 
Yeah, I was like, I was all excited. Didn't think you were gonna get close. And you're like, well, like uh, three billion or whatever. Three billion. Like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it was always that thing where the person's like, hey, guess this. Like, guess how much I made today? And you're like, a thousand dollars. And the person's like, nah, like hundred bucks. But okay, you know, it's like totally <laughs> deflating their thing. Yes. So we're not. I'm, I'm not having you guess the number. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm ha- not gonna fall for that again. <laughs> but I'm having having you guess who is worth more. I can do it. I can do this. All right. We're going to start off. Michael Richards versus Jason Alexander. All right. Jason Alexander, I think, has had a bigger career after Seinfeld. Michael Richards took a big hit. Um, man, I guess that was like 10, 15 years ago at this point. Yeah, when at he least went on that, 10, yeah, at least 10 even, years. Yep, and you don't even see him anymore now. And I don't want to talk about it. You guys know either know what I'm talking about or you don't. Um I'm going to say Jason Alexander. Michael Richards is worth Wow. No, no, no. Let me let me fucking oh, finish oh, my oh, goddamn oh, statement. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I I dramatic effect, okay? And I fell for it. <laughs> Michael Richards is worth 30 million dollars. Jason Alexander is worth 50 million dollars. So all right, Corey does get that one. And Jason Alexander had, you know, Duckman. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, du- dude, if you think Duckman made a lot of money, you're a fucking idiot. No, no, no. I, no, I, I know Duckman. I know you do, and I know it didn't, but Michael Richards didn't have a Duckman. True. But he was on fucking uh, UHF, Weird that Al's was, UHF. But that was prior. That was prior to all this. <laughs> Jason Alexander was in freaking Pretty I love Weird Al. Fuck you. I know, I do too. But Jason Alexander had Pretty Woman. Uh, oh, and he was also in The Burning too. Don't forget about that little uh, summer slasher ditty. Oh, the Burning is what I felt uh, the summer of uh, 2012. Uh, but some penicillin <laughs> fixed that. That's a penicillin. <laughs> Clear right up. Poor Keisha. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, Julia Louise Dreyfus or Brian Cranston. Oh. Damn. Okay. Oh, damn. All right. I'm going to, I mean, as much as I love Veep and everything, I mean, and (laughs) New Adventures of Old Christine. Is that what that was? Yeah. I never actually watched that show, by the way. Um, Was it good? Did you ever watch it? Fuck no. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Great radio. Uh, I am going to go Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston is worth about $40 million. Julia Louise Dreyfus is worth about $250 million. Okay. Wow. That is massive. Now, I know we, I don't know if this factors into things, but I know she comes from a rich family. Um, and then her husband's also fairly prolific. Um, obviously, she is too. Does that add to it though? Like, like, does okay. her, like, if you're married, does your husband's net worth add to it as well? Well, yes, of course. I mean, I don't know if you know okay. how divorce laws work or how marriage laws work. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're worth okay. That. So that way, buddy, dude. All of Myra, you're half. You're worth half of that shit. So you're worth some good shit right there. I know because I have nothing. So I'm only so, worth what she brought to the table. <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus is the eldest daughter of billionaire Gerard yeah. Louise Dreyfus. Um, he's a French-born chairman of the Louise Dreyfus Group. He is worth four billion dollars. So that's where quite a bit of her net worth can come from as well. Yeah, but yeah. that's uh, that's why I put her against Brian Cranston exactly yep. because of that idea. So, mm-hmm. okay. Interesting. All right. So far, you are one for two. All right. Wayne Knight Newman, of course, my man Newman, or Patrick Warburton Putty, who we haven't seen yet on the show. Yeah. Um, shit. I know Wayne Knight's getting that, like, Young and the Restless money now or whatever uh, soap he's on, been on for the past few years. Um, but Putty's also pulling in that Family Guy money. Um, he also had that show with, like, David Spade, like rules of engagement and shit like that. Another show I never watched, but was on for like five or six seasons or something. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Putty. I'm going to have to go with Patrick Warburton on that one. Wayne Knight is worth about $8 million. Putty is worth about $30 million. So yes, Putty. So you got another one. Good job. Nice. Nice. All right. I'm going to give you Danny Woodburn, who plays Mickey, or... Our namesake, James Hong, the Mater D. Oh, 
James Hong is one of the most prolific actors in Hollywood. Uh, I'm going to go with him just on the fact that he's had a gazillion roles under his belt. James Hong is worth about $8 million, but Danny Woodburn is worth about $2 million. So you got ah. it right. <laughs> you got it right. All just right, sheer you're... body of work, man. Yeah, you know, fair j- enough. And I think James Hong, we, I think we talked about before, but I think he's finally getting a, 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 a star on the Walk of Fame. And my is biggest really? shock was... Yeah, my oh. biggest my biggest shock was he didn't have one before. Well, he deserved one before, but I'm really he fucking hell yes deserves it. That's great. God okay. damn, low pan, motherfucker, low pan. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So you're three for four right now. Terry Hatcher, who played Sidra, or Kathy Griffin, who played Sally. Oof. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Terry Hatcher mainly because of Lois and Clark. Okay. You really think? That- well, the, oh, sh- wait, did Griffin... Well, I'm just uh, I'm just trying to think, like, ongoing no, 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 series. No, 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 don't let me, don't let me give you... Yeah. Uh, all right. Terry Hatcher is worth $50 million. Wow, first off, I'm shocked at that, but okay. Yeah. Kathy Griffin is worth $35 million, so you got that one right. Okay. Wow. You're I, killing I'm, it. Four for I'm five. I'm shocked at the Terry Hatcher, by the way. Yeah. Four for five. Okay. All right. Um... Well, it's not. It's probably not the Lois and Clark money. It's the Desperate Housewives money. That's... Ah, shit. Yeah, good call. <laughs> I totally forgot about that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. And did Kathy Kathy Griffith didn't have like a, sh- a series or anything, did she? Uh she she was on I think some like talk shows and other stuff. And then and then when she did like the Donald Trump head cut off, that really kind of like people said no 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 that's too far, and yeah. she kind of was kind of set aside. I mean, she was actually kind of set aside way before that. Um, but yeah. She didn't have a sitcom on her own that I yeah. can think of. So, all right, you're four for five. Can you do Lee Ehrenberg, who played Mike Moffat? He's such a phony. Uh, you remember him from the uh, the the parking like there at the spot that he was trying. He was fighting George into the fighting into the uh, parking spot. Oh, oh, um, he was also on Once Upon a Time. He plays Grumpy the Dwarf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and David Naughton. Who plays um, Dick, the alcoholic. Yeah, He's either yeah. on the wagon or off the wagon. Whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> He's American wearer from London. Um, and we're also, uh, the, the first guy is the guy who gets his thumbs broken, right? Later. Yes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, as much as I love David Naughton. Oh, dude. But I learned on your podcast, The Blast From Our Past, when you guys talked about Midnight Madness, that movie, that David Naughton was the Dr. Pepper guy for so long, like he was literally the Dr. Pepper guy. So, and I learned that on the Blast from Our Past. So uh, I'm a pepper, you're a pepper. He is. The, he was the lead on that. Yeah, he was the lead guy there. So, that's informing. I was gonna say he's got nothing under his belt because you know, but I was like, oh, that's that might have been some that might have been big money for him. But uh, once upon a time, I'm gonna say I keep forgetting his his name, but the Lee first Ehrenberg. Guy, Lee Ehrenberg. I I just because I think Lee Ehrenberg's been working more like constantly that I think he's going to edge out uh, Naughton. All right. David Naughton is worth $4 million. Lee Ehrenberg, you're dead right that he works way more. Um, you're not remembering that he was kind of a staple character in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Yes. Yes, he was. He was him and the, the guy with the goofy eye. The yep. goofy eye. Yep, yep. yep. But he's only worth $2 million. So, no, David Naughton has more money under his belt. No shit. I, yeah. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that, that Dr. Pepper thing uh, did good for him, you know? And yeah. you also probably got to figure, too, did did they did he make better investments and stuff like that, you know? Because he had that money longer and went back when you could invest and you actually, like, put it into a savings account and it's actually worth some shit. Um, <laughs> and they give you a good interest rate. Nowadays, it's all shit. Fuck the economy. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's all... It's all crumbling, guys. It's because it ain't worth nothing. All right. I'm going to give you John O'Hurley, who plays Jay Peterman. We have not seen him yet. Um, or Bob Balaban, uh, who plays Russell Dalrymple. Again, I'm going to have to go with who I see working more. And I've seen Russell Dalrymple like, more in other things than I've ever seen Jay Peterman. So I'm going to go with Russell Dalrymple. All right, yes, Russell Dow Ripple. He has been, Bob Balaban has been in uh, multiple of the Christopher Guest movies. He's been in uh, multiple other things. 
He was uh, Phoebe's mom, uh, dad in Friends, Correct. too. He's a, yep, Phoebe's dad in Friends. Uh, he is worth about $4 million. John O'Hurley, that you're not remembering, was the host of uh, Family Feud for a long time, as well as other things. Uh, John O'Hurley is worth $9 million, so he is worth more than Bob Balaban. Wow, I missed him completely as a Family Feud host. Like, I have never once seen him as a Family Feud host. Really? It's That's weird. Because kind of he was there for a good little while. Um, just give me a half a second, and I will <laughs> get the hosts up. Uh, yeah, he was there, well, for four years. Well, five years, t- 2006 to 10, so if you include those years. And, and who, yeah. was, who, who was before him, and who was Richard, after Richard Karn was before him. I like Richard Karn. I think he's an underrated host. I think he did, he was very sweet. He wasn't creepy. He wasn't over the top. And then uh, Steve Harvey was after from Steve Harvey has actually hosted the show longer than anyone. Yeah. Oh wow. No 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 no. Eleven years. No. Uh. Yes. Longer than Richard Dawson, who started the show. No shit. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's, yeah. Steve I, Harvey's I, done it for Steve Harvey's done it for eleven years. Richard Dawson has done it for ten years. Uh, Ray Combs, who's my personal favorite, um, was after him. Then Louis Anderson. Yep. Then John O'Hurley. Or sorry. Then after Louis Anderson it was Richard Karn. Then John O'Hurley. Then Steve Harvey. See, and I remembered Louis Anderson, but I think that's when I was like, eh, I'm kind of tapping out of Family Feud right now. You, you know, don't so like I probably, Louis Anderson. I'm not the biggest Louis Anderson. I'm not the biggest Louis Anderson. Fan. I'm not a big Corey Stevenson fan. <laughs> But, dude, man, honestly, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Fucking Richard Dawson was always my favorite bro. No, dude, he's a fucking creep. I love him. I love his creepy, sleazy ways. It's such a it's such a throwback to such a bygone era of of Hollywood. A horrible era for women. Yes. There's (laughs) no way they could, like, refuse that kiss because they would have looked like... um, yeah. That would have been terrible for them. It yes. was just terrible. And, you know, and, and he had to just, he could just creep on them and they couldn't do shit. Yep. 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 Yeah. And he creeped. He, <laughs> he fucking creeped. creeped. That's the problem. <laughs> he was a creeper. But all of that set him up for as a great villain role in Total Recall. Oh, yeah. No, Recall, you idiot. Not <laughs> Total. Recall. No, I'm sorry. And, and we're both idiots because it's Running Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Iron, Michael Ironside's the bad guy in Total Recall. <laughs> Total Recall. <laughs> wow, go us. And Ronnie Cox too. Ooh, what are you drinking tonight, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> you know it, baby. Tall glass of some hazy IPAs. And I'm all the same. I got myself a whiskey. Woohoo! <laughs> Maker's Mark Special Edition is what I'm drinking. A private selection, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. 109 proof. Can't Thank wait you. to hear all about it. You will on on curb your enthusiasm. And you will, sir. All right, I am going to give you next. So right now, you are four for seven. All right, you still have the majority so far. Okay. Uh, I hope everybody out there is uh, doing as well or maybe better. We'll see. <laughs> All right, you'll have to put up your scores on, on our Facebook or on our Instagram. I'm very yeah. curious. Yeah, let us know in the comments when we, uh, when we post this episode how everyone did. Yep. All right, Steven Tobolowski, Tobolowski mm-hmm. who played Tor Ekman. Yep. Uh, the <laughs> healer. <laughs> Needle nose Ned. <laughs> well, yes. Or Carol Kane, who played uh, Corin, who got hit by the planner. Jesus, dude. They are both titans of character actors. Um, Tobolowski's been around for fucking ever. So is she. Uh, I I always remember her on Taxi. Um, she was uh, was about it was about and his name wasn't Balky. What was his name on that show? I can't remember. Um, anyways, I'm just buying time. I'm gonna have to give it to Carol Kane. I'm gonna have to give it to Carol Kane on this one. All right. Steven Tobolowski is worth about $2 million. He has done so many different characters. So much. Carol Kane, also great character actress. It's worth $5 million. So there you go, Corey. Yeah, like, again, the only thing I thought would eke it out is that she had a more recurring role on on more TV shows. He yeah. always seems to be uh, more so a movie guy, but he always seems to be a guy that just sort of, you know, side character type of thing. So He's, he's probably like a, a single day, two days, three yeah. days shoot kind of guy, and then he's off the set. Exactly, exactly. Yep. All right. I'm going to give you Norman Brenner. The stand-in, 
or Phil Morris, who played Jackie Childs, who we still have actually. Oh, no, we did meet him. No, no, we haven't met Jackie Childs yet, have we? No, we no. Uh, no, we haven't. No. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Phil Morris, just because he has more roles. He's been in a lot more roles. Uh, Phil Morris is worth about $2 million. Norman Brenner is worth about $10 million. What the fuck? I mean, good for you, Norman Brenner. Yes, I'm happy for you, but damn. I had to like double, triple check that on the site. And now granted, this is just some random site that says the net worth, but it says he's worth 10 million bucks. So good for Norman Brenner. Good for Norman Brenner. Happy for you, my man. Yep. All right. I'm going to give you Philip Baker Hall, who played Bookman. Hmm. Or Dan Cortez, who played <coughs> Tony. <laughs> uh, Philip Baker Hall, because he's been around longer, can do more things. Uh, he was in stuff like Magnolia and things like that. So he's a huge name. Again, another titan of character acting. Yep, he's been in so much stuff. All right, Philip Baker Hall is worth about $750,000. What? Dan Cortez. It's worth about two point five million. Yeah. So yeah, Dan, I mean, the old MTV VJ, is worth more. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess so, dude. Right. Yeah. Once, once Philip Baker Hall didn't like make a, a, you know, into the mill. I was like, oh no. Okay. Yep. Yep. And he. he yeah, and I is he dead now? By the way, I think he might be gone. I'm fairly certain he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, his estate is worth that, right? Yeah. So. I guess so. Yep. All right. Then um, next, we have got Courtney Cox, who played Meryl, who was uh, the, the laundromat wife. Or your girl, Jamie Gertz. <laughs> Gertz! <laughs> the same, I think Gertz. that was the same season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Courtney Cox all the way, dude. Courtney Cox is worth $150 million. They got some really good syndication money uh, yeah. from friends. <laughs> of course they did. And, she, and she's also, uh, what, what, what's her other one? Like, isn't she doing Cougar Town or something like that? I mean, she just keeps yes, going Yes, she had from, Cougar Town as well. Yep. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So so let me guess on Gertz. She's less, let me just say, she, let me guess, is she less than 10, 10 mil? You know her from some other movies like what, Lost Boys Lost and some Boys, other yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Gertz is worth $2 billion. Holy shit. She married the owner of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, wow. which is a basketball team, but it's her worth, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and no, she that's... is she is way worth way more than anyone else on this entire fucking list. Wow. Holy cow. Okay. All right. I stand corrected on that one. Yep. All right. I am going to give you John Voight, our uh, Kramer-biting non-car driving that, that Costanza has, versus Raquel Welch. Oh, damn. Who we haven't seen yet in the show, but as other yeah. people know, she plays. Actually, people, th- these next, these next, uh, this one and the next one are all people who play themselves. So John Voight and Raquel Welch, they both play themselves in the show. All right. I am going to go with Raquel Welch because I think she probably got more poster deals and stuff like that, pinup deals, but I know she's not, as, I don't think she's as estranged from her kids as John Voight is. And I mm. kind of feel like that would have also eaten into his finances, like dealing with Angelina Jolie and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go with Raquel Welch. Well, the problem is John Voight is a simple coal miner and his son wanted to become a model. And so it was a whole different thing. That's why they became estranged. <laughs> Are you a Zoolander fan? I'm a Zoolander fan. <laughs> I've, I've seen Zoolander a few times, but I, I really don't know it that well. Oh, God damn it. I mean, he plays Zoolander's dad and actually Vince Vaughn plays his brother. All right. Uh, Raquel Welch is worth $35 million. John Voight is worth $45 million. Mm. So okay. John yeah. Voight ekes that one out. Yeah, I, I, right. I thought I was going with a gamble on that one, and I thought I was making the yep. the right choice, but okay. All right, I got the last one. This is the last one, um, and I'm going to give you Marissa Tomei, who we've not seen yet. Marissa Tomei, she plays herself, or Bette Midler, who also plays herself. Damn, man. I mean, Bette Midler's... Uh... I tried to make these tough. I know, yeah, I know. Uh, and Marissa Tomei, I mean, obviously she's still working. She's aunt, she's the new Aunt May, you know, in, in Spider-Man universe. She's the hottest Aunt May. Hot, hottest, oh, yeah. <laughs> God, God damn. Uh, aunt May just keeps getting hotter and hotter every movie. Um, shit. Oh, damn it. I, I want to give it to Marissa Tomei, you know what I mean? But my gut's telling me that it's not. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Bette Midler. I mean, it just it went between like her music and stuff, she's she's a she's a tour de force, you know. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bette Midler. Yep. All right, Marissa Tomei is worth forty three million dollars. Impressive. Bette Midler is worth two hundred and twenty yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she's she's done the music thing for so much longer. She's been able to do concerts on top of album sales, on top of movies, on top of other stuff. Um, and, you know, so Bette Midler, yeah, worth yeah. it. So, all right, how'd you like my little game, my man? That, that was fun, dude. I did yeah. not know what to expect, but I had a, a blast doing it. <laughs> and I was definitely right. shocked a few times, by the way. Yeah, there we go. I was I was really hoping that I would get you with that Courtney Cox and Jamie Gertz, and you fell into my trap. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You totally did. Uh, bef- before we, you know, wrap it up, I know we don't have a number for this one. Overall, you enjoyed the episode, right? Yeah, I did. Oh, I, I just wanted to mention, so you got six out of 13. So you got just under half. So I'm curious how everybody <laughs> else out there did. <laughs> yes, let us know, please. So, all right. I enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah, there was not a ranking to give it, but as a highlights episode, it was good shit. I enjoyed yeah. myself. Yeah, and as an editor and as someone, you, you mentioned also earlier you like the Scrubs one and everything. How did you feel this compared to to the Scrubs uh, highlight one and everything? I think that the Scrubs one was better, but when you compare this to other shows, in, which typically will not do some kind of setup or try to like tie things into a theme, I think this one tells a little bit better of a story, mm-hmm. and I like that. I like that more as a filmmaker and uh, storytelling, you know, visual artist, if you will, um, of my own right. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, dude. I found myself enjoying this episode more than i thought i was going to and uh and honestly we talked about it probably twice as long as i thought we were going to because we were even taught texting beforehand i was like i you know i hope we can have a, at least a 30 minute episode so mm-hmm. hey here we go uh it's good shit you know but you know what else is good shit your mom <laughs> gotcha <laughs> you did guys and gals please 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 this is, this is Corey here, your pal Corey. Please telling you to go listen to my new favorite episode of The Blast From Our Past. Adam and John broke down they talked about the Ewoks uh, uh, Caravan of Courage, the Ewoks cartoon, and both of those are a lot of fun. But what I absolutely loved was your recasting of Star Wars. And I am a lifelong Star Wars fan. I'm also a rational human being, and I understand that you are doing the recastings for fun, so yeah. I do not get offended by it. I love them. I love all of your recastings, but, dude, honestly, me to you, my man, fucking, I loved hearing you guys recast A New Hope, Star Wars A New Hope. I thought that was a lot of fun. I loved the people that you all picked. I won't spoil it, but I thought it was a really cool discussion. Um, And honestly, it got me thinking. It got me like nodding in agreement when I'm walking and everything. And I would love to see both of your all's movies uh, that you would have cast for it. So, dude, blast from past. Guys and gals, if you you check out just one episode, go listen to that one. I fucking loved it so much, dude. Well, thank you, sir. Um, I'm going to shout out our own Patreon. I just want everybody out to you know out there to know we have a Patreon. If you enjoy listening to our stuff, you can go back and listen to all of it again. If you if you kind of have lost some of those old episodes, granted, you you watch Seinfeld more than once. I guarantee it. You might as well listen to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, more than once. But also, you're going to be getting the curb your enthusiasm. If you've never seen Curb. Watch it. But guess what? You can watch it while you're listening to us. You can watch the episode and then listen to um, our commentary and be like, oh, man, I totally agree. Or what you most likely say, y'all are idiots, um, I think is probably what you guys say every time. (laughs) (laughs) But check it out. And at the absolute worst, if you just want to support us, throw something up there. This takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, We love doing it, but it's intense. And, you know, at least you guys don't even maybe not think about there are website costs and fees that we have to do that. So it's not even just free other than just our time because there's actual costs that we have to do. We have to pay for the equipment. We have to pay for the website, et cetera, et cetera. So if you, you know, are thinking about supporting us, check out our Patreon and I can guarantee you it would mean uh, it would mean a shit ton. Yeah. 
and, and we have a blast and it's a little different the the curb stuff is a little different because i've never seen it or i've seen some episodes here and there so it's a very much a discovery process for me and uh, i'm having a blast with it i'm also having a blast like having adam sort of lead me along this journey because adam has seen it and everything so it's a lot of fun to kind of see the connective tissues between Curb and Seinfeld. And one thing that I never sort of expected was that I think I like Larry more than I thought I was going to. And I like Cheryl less than I thought I was going to. And I'm finding that very interesting. I'm also finding it interesting that I always thought, you know, George Costanza was kind of a carbon copy of Larry David, but you know, having these two, again, neither, neither of them are real people. You know, I get that. I understand that. But like having these two comparisons, I'm like, yeah, no, George is his own character, you know, and, and Larry David on curb is a different character from George. And that's a lot of fun. So as Adam says, you know, it takes a lot of work. It's very intense to produce this show. We love it. Don't, don't get us wrong. We absolutely love doing it, but it is intense. It is work. Um, the editing, the pre-production, the post-production, posting it online, paying for server costs, paying for domain names, all that kind of stuff. It all takes time and effort. And, uh, you know, it just uh, help us keep going. Uh, we really appreciate the donations. And we hope we're entertaining you guys enough to want to uh, donate to us. So thank you all, as always. Please uh, check out everything on the BFOP network. Check out Action Action. Check out Talking Back. Check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. Check out People People Don't Forget. Uh, and check out Podcast After Dark. We have a great stuff going on and everything. So we hope you love what we're doing here because we do it out of love. And we'll see y'all next week as we discuss The Beard. Hey, everybody. It's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But... Even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast.